sins are gone tonight in the sea of God's forgetfulness never to be remembered again no fishing there devil they're gone it's over it's finished our past is erased we're a new creature in Christ Jesus amen how many believers do we have here tonight amen we're truly believers in the blood of Jesus Christ that blood can heal that blood can save that blood can deliver it can pardon there's nothing impossible for the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're under that blood tonight. Hallelujah. Well, we say God bless you this evening. If you have your Bibles while you're standing with us, we'll go straight to the Word. I sure thank the Lord for the opportunity to be here this evening with you all. And I sure appreciate the opportunity to speak to you. Appreciate Brother Tim allowing us to come this way. And I sure appreciate him and the church here. And uh, just coming out of the meetings there in Oklahoma this weekend, the uh, Spirit of the Lord moving among us, and I tell you, uh, we've got some underage drinkers around here tonight. <laughs> Amen. But it's not that old wine. It's the new wine. Amen. And it's still got stimulation of revelation. Amen. I, it amazes me people get all tore up when people get to dancing and shouting and praising God, and they say, well, that's not what Brother Branham did, and that's not in the message, and that's not, uh, not nice to do now that we believe the message. But whatever Brother Branham had in about 1963, it caused him to almost wake up a neighborhood running down the street under the revelation of this hour. And I believe tonight we've got something to shout about. I believe we've got something to rejoice about tonight. What we're feeding on is going to change our bodies one of these mornings. Amen. Amen. We're sure, sure under expectation of him tonight. And just before we read the word, let's just bow our hearts together for a word of prayer this, here this evening. And let's just ask the Lord to come and speak to us tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we are your believing children here tonight. And, Lord, we are indeed grateful to be called your children. Lord, we're thankful for the faith that is in our hearts tonight, dear God. Lord, to know it's not the faith of a church, it's not the faith of a man, but, Lord, it's the faith of Jesus Christ that you promised in these last days that you would send Elijah, Lord, to restore the faith of a church, Lord, to restore the faith of God into the church, Lord, where it's not denominational faith, believe in what denomination limits us to believe, but Lord, it's the faith of Abraham, it's the faith of God that is, Lord, in our hearts tonight to believe for the impossible, Lord, to stand against a mountain and testify this mountain will be removed, Lord. It's the faith to stand there around the walls of Jericho and testify that those walls are coming down. And Lord, as we gather here tonight, we come to do one thing, that is to throw the wood, Lord, of your word upon the fire tonight, that the fire would not go out but Lord it would just get a little bit hotter it would burn just a little bit more brighter tonight Father Lord you see those that are here tonight maybe sick in body Lord maybe those at home watching by way of internet or wherever they would be Lord desiring to be here I pray Lord that the angels of God would go and camp around them tonight Lord may you minister healing to their bodies Lord for those who would be bound may you set them free Lord in this meeting tonight may you open the windows of heaven tonight Lord and may you pour out your blessings upon this congregation Father and Whatever is accomplished here tonight will be sure to give you all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For it's in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. And all the believers said, amen. amen and amen. The book of Psalms, the 102nd chapter, the book of Psalms 102. We want to say God bless you this evening. We bring greetings from our pastor, 
Brother Sean Martin and all the saints there at home at Faith Tabernacle sent greetings to you this evening. And sure glad to have my wife here with me this, this evening with us as well. We're just looking forward to what the Lord has for us tonight in the Word. Amen. In Psalms 102 and verse 16, the Bible here says, When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. Or we could say, When the Lord shall build up his bride, he shall appear in his glory. I love that word, build up. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. In the book of Jude, the first chapter, Jude, the first chapter, I want to look there in the 17th verse of Jude 1. How many thanks the Lord for the reading of the word of God tonight? Amen. Amen. Jude chapter 1 and verse number 17. The Bible here says, But beloved, remember ye the words which were spoken before of the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. How that they told you there should be mockers in the last time who should walk after their own ungodly lust. These be they who have separate themselves sensual, having not the spirit. But ye, beloved, I'm glad we're not in those other verses. We're in this verse. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some have compassion, making a difference. And others save with fear, pulling them out of the fire, hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Now unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. Here's the only one that can do this. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and ever and the church said amen. amen god bless you this evening as you may have your seats there for just a few moments tonight from the from those scriptures i'd like to speak to you and if i will title this tonight i want to speak to you on the accumulation of faith the accumulation of faith i truly believe that this is the hour that we have been restored back to not a faith Amen, but to the faith, and it's the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't believe that it's a faith that is only going to take us so far, but I believe the faith of Jesus Christ is going to take us all the way. Some, they begin the journey and they only go so far, but there's some, amen, that's ordained of God to go all the way. And we realize the time we're living in, amen, that God is doing some marvelous things in this time. We, we realize he is saving souls, amen. He is, he is healing the sick. He is raising the dead. He is casting out devils. God is doing so many marvelous things in this time. And I'll just say this, we are actually blessed to be a part of it. We're actually actually blessed tonight to be a part of what God is doing in this age. The prophet said what a picture it gives us tonight of the church in the last days. You see what man can do, and then you see what God does. What man does is failing. Now notice how he says this, what man does is failing and will fail and has failed and will always fail. But what God does is eternal and must forever return remain, nothing can ever take it away. What man does is failing and it will fail and it has failed, failed and it always will fail, but what God does is eternal and must forever remain. Nothing can ever take it away. God give it, it's his free gift and by sovereign foresight he saw it and placed it and there's nothing can ever move it. It's there eternal.
thoroughly. Now think about that. What man does, amen, it, it has failed. It is failing. It will fail. It will always fail. Amen. But what God does must always and forever remain. Then to think tonight, amen, that the devil only has one desire, and that is to take away, amen, what God has done for you. If God has saved you, he has one desire, that is take away your salvation. If God has delivered you, he has one desire, that is to take you back into the bondage that God has delivered you out of. If God has healed you, he has one desire, and that is to take away your healing. But the Bible says, amen, heaven and earth shall pass away, amen, but my word shall not pass away. Then to think tonight, amen, that God can do something in the hearts and the lives of individuals, amen, that no devil can take it away. To think tonight, amen, that if God saved you, he didn't save you today, amen, to lose you tomorrow. If God redeemed you, he didn't redeem you today, amen, to lose you tomorrow. Whatever God does, amen, is not failing. It will never fail. It has never failed. It will always remain. Let me say this. We are not built out of stuff that just falls apart. Amen. Amen. We are not built out of things that just blows away. Amen. At the first trouble, we throw up our hands and walk away. That's not the material. Amen. That we are built out of. We are built out of the same material. Amen. That Noah was built out of. We are built out of the same material that Abraham and Sarah. Amen. Was built out of. We are not made. Amen. Out of stuff that is temporary. We are made out of stuff that is eternal. Amen. That's why tonight I'm preaching to people. Amen. That's been through troubles and they've been through trials and they've been through situations, but there's nothing they've been through. Amen. That had more power than what was on the inside of them. Amen. Because a man didn't put it in there. Amen. God put it in there. And if God put it in there, it is not their temporary. It is their eternal. What man done has failed. It is failing and it will always fail. But what God does, amen, is eternal. Then that's why that we must forget, amen, about all things, amen, concerning a man. We get in our mind that man's got to be here, amen, for God to heal. A certain man's got to be here for God to save. Amen. It's not a certain man. It's Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, amen, today and forever. Then tonight, if your preacher, favorite preacher is not in the building, all things are still possible. Amen. If your favorite singer is not singing, all things are still possible. This is not the work of a man. This is, amen, the work of Almighty God. That's why Jude said, remember ye the words which were spoken before. Now the prophet says, Lord, there has already been prayer offered in this place tonight. Amen. The songs of Zion have been sung by your children and their hearts have been lifted up and we have come here to consecrate ourselves to thee and to worship thee from the depths of our soul. And we're calling this to your remembrance, Lord, that you said when you sat upon the mount and you taught your disciples, you said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. You promised it, Lord. Now we are coming tonight, amen, with open hearts. We're coming tonight with open hearts. We're coming hungering and thirsting and we know that you'll keep your promise. See, amen, there's not a bunch of open hearts here tonight, amen, hoping that God will keep his promise. Amen, but there's open hearts here tonight knowing, amen, that before they ever even gather this building, amen, that God would not make a promise, amen, and then gather a group of people around the house of God, amen, to hear about that promise if he was not God enough to keep that promise. Amen, but if he was God enough to keep that promise, amen, then he's God enough here tonight to fulfill that promise, and it don't matter what devil says it's impossible, it don't matter what spirit tries to stop it, it don't matter what unbelief raises its hand, in the midst of believers that knows that this is more than a man, there is a sword here tonight, amen, to cut the head off of every unbelieving spirit, and say, Father, you promised you would come in our midst and you would give us the desires of our heart.
heart. So we know tonight that God, he, he keeps his promises. He says as we endeavor to open up these sacred pages of the Bible, to read from it its contents, may the Holy Spirit just take it to every heart. And may that seed fall down into deep, rich faith that will bring forth every promise. Somebody say every promise. Every promise that the word is made. He said, hear us, Lord, and cleanse us and try us. And if there be any unclean thing about us, Lord, any unconfessed sin, anything that's not right, reveal it just now, Lord, and we'll walk right straight and do it. For we realize we are living in the shadows of the coming of the Lord Jesus. And we have, oh, holy God, come into thy shadows of the justice tonight. And we are pleading for a new dedication. He said, a consecration and a feeling of the Holy Spirit spirit in our lives, seeing the revival fires begin to dim down. Amen. Let us throw on the wood of the word that it might kindle a new fire that our hearts would be full of zeal. Amen. I tell you, that's what we need tonight. Amen. It's not a new quote book. Amen. It's not a new idea. It's not a new school. What we need tonight, amen, is some wood of the word. Amen. To fall upon the fire. Amen. And let that fire begin to burn. He said, sanctify us, Lord, through thy precious word and thy blood and thy grace we plead in all thanks and praise will be thine. He said, give us pure hearts and clean hands and clean minds that we might come in the sanctuary, amen, night after night rejoicing and be filled with your spirit. Then I ask you the question tonight, amen, why do we come to church? Do we come to see each other? Do we come just to hear the preacher? Do we come just to sing a bunch of songs? He said, people think church is a good place to go. Oh, you go there to learn to be good. That isn't it, friend. No, God is God. Amen. The very reason we come to the house of God is because God is God. He said, now watch. Amen. And if he ever was, he's just as great today as he ever was. And he always will be the same. He said, we just love him. Amen. Now there's something to think about. God is still God and the devil is still the devil. Amen. But if God is still God, then his word is still true and his power is still among us. Amen. I, I'm going to preach here for a second. Amen. I don't think there's any room now. Amen. This close to the coming of the Lord. Amen. To bow our knee to some spirit. I don't think this is the hour. Amen. To bow our knee to some old, some old besetting sin or some habit or some stronghold. If God was ever God, he's still God here tonight. That means if he ever set somebody free, he's still doing it today. If he ever healed somebody of cancer, he's still doing it here today. If he ever gave the Holy Ghost, he's still giving the Holy Ghost today. There is no limits on my God. Amen. If it's in his word, then his word is true and his power is here amen to perform the promise that he wrote in his own word yes sir God is still God and Satan is still Satan now you'll realize that Satan amen we call him a dumb devil and he is amen but let me say this Satan is very strategic and he is very deceptive Paul will say lest Satan should get an advantage of us amen for we are not ignorant of his devices we are not ignorant of his devices that word devices mean mind amen or thoughts or mental perception amen of an evil purpose that which thinks mind thoughts or purposes. The prophet of God said, now we find that this great enemy of God thought, now as long as they will believe that word, I can never get to them. And 
long as that little family in Eden keeps behind that word, I can never touch them. Neither can he today. He's still blocked off. Amen. The devil knows today he cannot touch God's sealed, amen, and anointed sons and daughters of God. That's right, but if I can use some real good strategy and just reason out, I give some human reasonings because, well, she's human. And if I can just give human reasonings, then we'll win the battles. Satan and his angels, he said, then Eve gave away. So therefore, we know our enemy by his attacks. Maybe you didn't get it just right the way I said it. We know our enemy when anyone, any spirit, any person, amen, tries to disagree with God's word. Remember, that's your enemy. Amen, that is your enemy. When any spirit, amen, any person or anything tries to disagree with God's word, that's not your friend. Amen, that's not your brother. That's not your sister. That is your enemy. That's his old attack. He said the one he broke the human race down with, that's the way he breaks them down yet today. He said that's the way he gets you away from God is to disbelieve his word. And the only way you can ever stay in fellowship with God and talk to him in the cool of the evening is stay fortified in the word. He said, now let the curtain of God's word, amen, drop all around you and you'd be a drop right in the middle of it. He said, then you are fortified. Amen. Then one of Satan's strategies in the last days is in the time of trouble is to get the people to forget, amen, that God is still God. He doesn't necessarily want you to forget, amen, the church you go to. He doesn't necessarily want you to forget, amen, your pastor or forget, amen, your favorite preacher or forget, amen, your favorite meeting you've ever been in. But the devil wants you to forget, amen, that God is still God. For Paul will say in Romans 1.28, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over, amen, to a reprobate mind to do things, amen, which are not convenient. See what a reprobate mind does? It forgets how God's word said his love, amen, would be manifested. It forgets how God's word, amen, said that he would perform, amen, the promises of his word, amen. Now that's what the devil does is he puts a heaviness upon the church and he'll say the reason why you're going through this is because God has forgot you, amen. The reason why you're facing this trial, amen, is because God has forgot you, amen. The last thing the devil wants you to do is stand before a mountain and remember that God said, amen, speak to the mountain and the mountain will be removed. Amen, the last thing the devil wants you to do, amen, is to see cancer, amen, show up in somebody's body, amen, and stand there and remember the word of God said, they shall pray the prayer of faith, amen, and the sick shall be healed. Amen, when you're standing there in the hour of crisis and you don't know where to turn to and you don't know who to look to, amen, the last thing the devil wants you to do is to remember that God said, in the time of trouble you will call unto me and I will hear you and I will answer you. Are y'all hearing me tonight? If the devil, amen, can get us to forget God's word and get us to get out from behind God's word, then the devil has already won the battle. The prophet said they look at the love of God as this. The cloudy skies and storms of life are no signs of God's disapproval. Amen. Neither are bright skies and still water signs of his love and approval. His approval of any of us is only in the beloved. He said his love is elective, which he had for us before. Amen. The foundation of the world. Amen. Now think about this. God loves you. Amen. Before the trial you come against that caused you to question God's love for you. Amen. He loves you before the first negative dark reports you received that the devil tried to get you to use and ask if God really loves Are you hearing me tonight? Amen. Let's just settle one thing. God loves you. Amen. He knows you and he cares for you and there's nothing past. There's nothing present. There's nothing in the future. Amen. That can separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. 
Does he love us? Oh, yes. But how shall we know? We shall know because he said so. Amen. See, what did he say? He said so. Where did he say it? In his word. And manifest to that, he did love for us and brought us to himself and gave us of his spirit, placing us as sons. And how shall I prove my love to him? By believing what he said and by conducting myself with joy amidst the trials that he and his wisdom allows to come to pass. Amen. See, then tonight, amen, in the time of trial, that's not the time to quit praising God. In the time of trouble, that's not the time to quit worshiping the Lord. If there's ever been a time, amen, that the church, can I preach here for a minute? Has there ever been a time that the church needs to praise God? It's right now. Amen. I know the devil right now is even fighting our young people. Amen. He's trying to tell you and all that emotion this weekend was just a bunch of work up and there was nothing really valued in that. Amen. The devil will get on some old bride Methodist around the message and say we don't need shouting. We don't need praise of God. Amen. But let me tell you tonight, if anybody has got a right to praise God, it's somebody, amen, that God has done something for. If anybody's got a right, amen, to lift up hands and to dance in the spirit and to shout around the walls of Jericho, it's the pride of Jesus Christ. How can we do it? Because he loves us. Amen. He loved us before the foundation of the world. He knew these trials was coming. He knew this age was coming, but he knew there would be a pride on the earth that would stand there behind the word and say, I refuse. Amen. To forget what he said in his word. Amen. You look at the Corinthians, the 10th chapter, you'll find there Paul writing and he's showing you Israel's experiences. Amen. As an example for the church, which is warning us from Hebrew history. And you'll notice there that Paul types the life in the wilderness as the Christian life. In 1 Corinthians 10 verse 1, Moreover, brethren, I would not that you should be ignorant, how that all our fathers were under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud, and in the sea, and did all eat the same spiritual meat, and did all drink the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with many of them, God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now, these things were our examples, amen, to the intent we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Now, he says, neither ye be idolaters as some of them. As it was written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Neither let us commit fornication as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Neither let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted and were destroyed of serpents. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world has come. Wherefore let him think he standeth, take heed lest he fall. Now the prophet said I do not just come to any meeting just to be seen. I don't come there just to say well I to maybe pray. The Lord give me a message to make people feel real good and shout. We've had plenty of that. He said that's wonderful but what I know is Lord you direct my thoughts in something that will help the people that will place them closer to God that will do something for them that not so much as build them up spiritually but will build them up in the knowledge and the admonition of God so they will know somebody say no so they'll know how to stand when the enemy comes Amen. Now, it's not good enough just to have a sermon preached to you that makes you feel real good and shout we love that Amen. but a prophet of God 
God is saying, I'm preaching to you, amen, that you'll have a fear, amen, an admonition, amen, a knowledge of God that when the enemy comes against you and he comes to bluff you, you can stand. Notice he didn't use the word bow. He didn't use the word, amen, run away. He said you can stand, amen, knowing what to do when the enemy comes. Let me say tonight, young people, the time is at hand to make a stand. Let me say tonight, elders, the time is at hand to make a stand. Amen, the enemy's coming in like never before. Amen, the lid has come off of hell and demon powers are streaming. Amen, to the land tonight. If there's ever been a time, amen, to draw our swords and to stand, now is the time, amen, to stand. For Paul will say, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day. And having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, the prophet says, brother, if you're ever going to make a stand for God, make it now. This is the time. Now's the time we need of it. Another place, I want to go on record in heaven tonight and in this audience of Chicago, and I want to go on record that I stand, amen, for Jesus Christ. Amen, can we, can we bring that right here to Louisiana tonight? Amen, I want to go on record, amen, before the world, amen, before my friends, before my family. I want to go on record tonight. I stand, amen, for Jesus Christ. I stand for righteousness. I stand for holiness. I stand for this message. I stand for the gifts of God. I stand for the power of God. I stand for revelation. I stand, amen, for the supernatural. I stand for the pillar of fire that has returned in this age, amen, to lead the church into victory. I stand for it tonight. The prophet said, now remember this, Christ in the true church is a continuation of the book of Acts. But the book of Revelation shows how that Antichrist spirit would come into the church and defile it. Amen, making it lukewarm and formal and powerless. It exposes Satan, revealing his works, his attempted destruction of God's people and the discrediting of God's word right down to the time he is cast into the lake of fire. He fights that, he cannot stand it. Are you hearing me? Amen, he fights that, he cannot stand it. He knows that if the people get the true revelation of the true church and what she is and what she stands for, notice where your power is coming from. He didn't say your power is coming from what you stand against. He's saying your power is coming from what you stand for. And she can do the greater works than she might be an invincible army. She might possibly wake up one day and realize them devils that's been lying to her so long have no authority over her. No sir, my prophet said, when you recognize who you are, and you recognize what you come from, and you recognize the word of God can defeat the devil anywhere, anytime, anyplace, under any condition. When you recognize what you stand for, then you will be an invincible army. Let me announce it tonight. There's not an invincible army coming. There's an invincible army here tonight. I'm not looking for an invincible army. I see one tonight. She's not in prophecy. She is in fulfillment tonight. She is not in writing. She is in place tonight. Amen. The prophet said she will be an invincible army. That's not just a 50-year-old preacher. That's a 16-year-old boy. That's a 15-year-old girl. When she recognizes what she stands for, when she recognizes who she is, when she recognizes where she comes from, when she recognizes the word is greater than the devil against her, she will be an invincible army. That's not coming. That's here tonight. 
She will be, if they get a true revelation of the two spirits within the framework of the Christian church and by God's spirit discerned and withstand the Antichrist spirit, Satan will be powerless before her. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Satan will be powerless before her. He will be definitely thwarted today as when Christ withstood him every effort to gain power over him in the desert. Yes, Satan hates revelation, but we love it. With true revelation in our lives, the gates of hell cannot prevail against us, but we will prevail against them. See, that's why Jesus told Peter, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Then that tells me tonight that the whole church of the living God is built upon spiritual revelation. The prophet says there is nothing of such prevailing power as the revelation of the word. There is nothing. There is no feeling. There is no sensation. There is no emotion. There is no, there is no power. There is nothing as powerful and as prevailing as the revelation of the word. That's when it's more than an education. That's when it's more than a head knowledge. That's when something in your heart has connected with the unseen and there's a pulsation. Amen. Of faith. Are you hearing me? There's a pulsation of faith in there and it's pulsating. I am Jesus Christ. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Amen. Now I'm going to take the brakes off and preach here for a second because I just feel to do it right here. Amen. Some of y'all need to quit waiting and you need to start working on the pulsation. You need to quit waiting. You've been waiting on that for about 30 years now. But someday, someday Brother Tim will strike the right chord. Someday the singer will get just right. Someday the Holy Ghost will come down and put handwriting on the wall. And I'll know it's my time to raise up and defeat them devils. I say tonight, church, the time is not coming. The time is here tonight. You've been waiting on the time to come. And God has delivered the time right here to you tonight. This is your hour. Amen. This is your season. This is your anointing. The sword is in your hand. The ox goat is in your hand. The slingshot is in your hand tonight. The Holy Ghost is in your heart. The pillar of fire is descended. The word is in the church. What more can be done for you to recognize this is your time, Shamgar, to slay the Philistines? Sometime or another, you got to work on the pulsation. You realize that's what the problem God said Shamgar done. Shamgar worked on the pulsation. Shamgar didn't look over there and see his wife face suck in and his kids' clothes falling off their shoulders and say, let me go pray about it and see if it's time to defeat this devil. No, sir. Amen. Shamgar grabbed an ox gold and he went and jumped out the window. Are you hearing me? Amen. Can I preach here for a second? There's some things you ain't got to pray about. Well, but then I'm praying about getting rid of this devil. You ain't got to pray about that. Well, I'm praying about getting the Holy Ghost. You ain't got to pray about that. What I'm praying about is this message right now. You ain't got to pray. There's some things you ain't got to pray about. It's written in the Word. That's why the devil's got you sitting there bound. Is because you've been waiting on an answer when you've already got the answer. You've been looking for a sign that God has already come down in the sign of the Messiah and revealed to you through this message. It's your time, church. Are you hearing me? Amen. You know what happened? Amen. Sandbar come to a spot. He said, enough is enough. Amen. He said, enough is enough. He said, look here. Here's what we can do. We can continue, amen, to keep making deals with the devil or we can do something about it. 
right here on a Wednesday night, we can do something about it. I feel like preaching the aisle for a minute. Amen. Right here on a Wednesday night, we can draw a line in the sand. We can say, devil, you've been encroaching. You've been coming in. You've been a pushing. You've been a pushing. And we've been a backing up. Amen. But tonight, there's a fight in the house of God. Amen. Tonight, there is a fire. Amen. Tonight, there is a zeal. Amen. Tonight, there is a word. There is an authority behind this message. And you know what it's sounding? It's sounding Satan. Your day is over. Your day is finished. Your time is ended. You've held me as long as you're going to hold me. You've tormented me as long as you're going to torment me. There's a faith that is raising the building tonight. All things are possible. All things are possible. You're not going to be the invincible army. You are tonight. Shamgar looked around there and he saw all that conditions and he said, you know what? He said, enough is enough. He said, I don't have to pray about this no longer. There's an ox gold and there's an enemy. There's an ox gold and there's an enemy. And the devil had tried for years to get Shamgar to forget one thing. You're the seed of Abraham. And the promise said, amen, that every seed of Abraham shall possess the gates of their enemies. Shamgar took off a running and he jumped out of the window. Are you hearing me? And he saw them Philistines coming. I can imagine, Brother Tim, he went about halfway up the road and he took that ox code and he drawed a line in the sand. He said, listen, he said, there's the line, okay? He said, there'll be nothing as long as you don't start nothing. He said, but the very minute, the very minute, the first toe, the, the first big toe of one of you Philistines steps on this side of the line, it's home. And they come pushing, and they come pushing, and they come pushing. And Shamgar said, come on, amen, come on. They said, you ain't going to do nothing, Shamgar. It's a Wednesday night. Shamgar said, come on. He said, you ain't going to do nothing, Shamgar. You ain't no longer camp meeting. He said, come on. Shamgar, you ain't going to do nothing. Ain't no way you can do nothing. You're just a young lady. Shamgar said, come on. And the very minute that the Philistine even crossed the line, Shamgar said, it's on. And I say tonight, Satan, there is some Shamgars that is in this building tonight. And we say, come on. Amen. Bring your fear. Bring your scare. Bring your depression. Bring your complexes. Bring it on tonight, devil. There's a fire in the house of God that says it's on. Are you hearing me? This is not a church of fear. This is a church of faith. This is not a church of doubt. This is a church of belief. Are you hearing me? When Shamgar said it's enough, it was enough. Shamgar knew who he was. You see what these messages doing to you? It's building up your faith. Help me, Jesus. It's building up your faith. Amen. Service after service after service. It's building up your faith. Your outward man is perishing, but the inward man's getting stronger. Your senses are trying to bind you, but the Holy Ghost has awoken the super sense, which is the sixth sense called faith, and it's ready to draw the sword. Now the Bible says, as you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. Amen. Rooted and built up in him and established in the faith as ye have been taught. Notice this. Abounding therein with thanksgiving. Beware. 
lest any man spool you through philosophy and vain deceit after the traditions of men, after the rudiments of the world, and not after Christ. Amen. Can I preach here for a minute? Beware lest any man try to spool your victory. Well, Brother Andrew, it's not just a, it's not our church tradition to shout. Amen. Traditions are okay as long as it's about, as long as it's about the family, the family gravy bowl at dinner. Amen. But there ain't no room for traditions in the house of God. Are you hearing me? Amen. Rudiments and vain philosophy. Amen. You can go feed on that all you want to. Amen. But don't bring that nonsense in the house of God. We don't need philosophy. We don't need psychology. We don't need theology. We need the same God. Amen. That came down upon Shamgar. Amen. To fall upon the church today. And he will perform his word. The prophet said, I want you to see, I want to see you rooted and grounded in that holy faith. I don't want to see you tossed about by every wind of doctrine come by, shake you and carry on, have a little blood in their hands. He said, no, sir. He said, I want you to be built solid on the word. If it's thus, saith the Lord, you stay with it. You live with it. That's the urine thumb of this day. God wants you to live by that. If it's not in the word, then you forget about it. You live for Christ. See, we walk from the altar. Amen. A new person in Christ Jesus. Then you don't have to depend on your church, depend on your priest, depend on your pastor. You're depending on the shed blood of the Lord Jesus. By grace are you saved. Now, can I tell you what the message of the hour is doing? The message of the hour is building up individuals. The promise we're not building an organization. I'm not here this morning to do that. Christ never sent me to build organization. Christ sent me to build individuals to the stature of Jesus Christ that they might be the powerhouse and the dwelling place of the Spirit by His Word. See, build up the individual to that place, not build an organization, not a greater denomination, but build the individual, amen, to sons and daughters of God. And may I say tonight, the bride of Christ is not a fear woman. Amen. The bride of Christ is not a scared lady. Amen. The Bible says the bride of Christ is a faith woman. For Paul says, by grace are you saved, amen, through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. The prophet said in this obedience, this little faith woman that lives by faith, the bride, believers, the word of God, obedient, waiting in love for the promise of the age to be confirmed. She is watching for it. She is part of that word, and she is watching for her life to manifest that word. The body is waiting for, which is the word, waiting for for the life which is the spirit amen to confirm it and make it live that's what she's waiting for no other life will work in her then you can't put the life of theology in the bride and her get victory you cannot put the life of psychology in the bride and her possess the promises the only life that works in her is the life of God that said let there be see then the bride of Jesus Christ is not a dying woman Amen. She is not a she is not a scared woman. She is an abounding bride. You say, what do you mean by that? I say, quit thinking this bride is living on life support. 
Well, let's preach a minute. Amen. Quit thinking this bride is just barely getting by from Wednesday, barely getting by to Sunday, barely hanging on to youth camp, barely hanging on to convention, barely hanging on to the next revival. No, this bride is an abounding bride. Amen. If the, sky, if the skies are cloudy, Brother Tim, she's an abounding bride. If there's no rain coming, she's an abounding bride. Listen, the conditions of the world does not change the conditions of the bride. She is an abounding bride. She is full of miracles. Hey, can I preach to you for a minute? Amen. She is full of miracles. You say full of miracles. Yes, sir. Because the bride herself is a miracle. Paul said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you have sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. Another place he said, furthermore, we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as you receive of us, you ought, how you ought to walk and please God, so you would abound, amen, more and more. Then when God does something for you, amen, he doesn't expect that to die, and then you go to another camp and try to revive it, but he does that so one experience, amen, leads to another experience. And another experience leads to a deeper experience until you yourself, amen, are a house on fire in a windy day. You see what the word abound means? It means to exceed a fixed number or measure. It means to be preeminent. It means to excel. It means to excel more. Amen. Than one expects one to excel. Are y'all hearing me? Amen. The devil, Brother Lemuel, he didn't expect you to be in the house of God here tonight. He put a limit on your blessing. He said, all right, I'll let him feel the Holy Ghost. I'll let him testify. I'll let him fall out of the power of God. But he won't be on that front row on Wednesday night. But do you realize just your being here tonight has already exceeded Amen. The devil's limitations upon what God done in your life. Are you hearing me? If a man done something for you this weekend, you wouldn't be here tonight. If it was just a man, you still wouldn't have the faith in your heart. But because it wasn't a man, it was God that come on the scene. Then what God does will remain eternal. What God does will never fail. What God does will stand the test of time. What God does will stand the lion's den. Help me, somebody. What God does will stand in front of Goliath and say, Goliath, your head's coming off. See, when God does something, the devil puts a limit upon it, but God puts an anointing upon it to exceed the devil's limitations. Devil says, you know what, Wednesday night you're going to be so tired, you ain't going to raise your hand. And you know what you do? You come in the house of God and you raise your hand. The devil says you ain't going to be able to go back home and live a victorious life. And you know what you say? Watch me. The devil says you ain't going to be able to go back home and kick those habits out of your life. And you say, watch me. Stand back and watch devil. The devil says, ain't no way. Amen, ain't no way you're going to go back to school and keep the same victory you had before you went to that. Amen, but you know what you're going to do? Stand back and watch me. And can I tell you what the devil's trying to do? He's trying to put a limit on you and say you ain't going to take a rapture. But you know what I say? Stand back and watch. If God exceeded your expectations, devil, of what God done for me, he'll do it again. The devil can put as many limits as he wants to on this church, as he wants to upon your brother's ministries, as he wants to upon your lives. But when God has said it's going to abound, there is no devil, past or present or future, that can fix the limit of what God says that's going to be. Come on, church. You're not dealing with man's potentials. You've got God's potentials in you. Man's potentials.
potentials will no go go no further than a church service, but God's potentials will keep on going. Yes, sir, this is the time, amen, for all things. You say the time for all things? Yes, sir. The Bible says to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. In Ecclesiastes 3.3, the Bible says there is a time to kill and there is a time to heal. I love this one. There is a time to break down and a time to build up. There is a time to tear down. There is a time to build up. These are things. There are things that we must. Somebody shout, we must. There are things we must tear down. But remember, there are also things we must also build up. There are things that must be torn down. They must be demolished. They must be destroyed. There must be a Holy Ghost atomic bomb. They've been dropped out of heaven on them things and annihilate them things. But at the same time, something is torn down. At the same time, something is annihilated. Then something has got to be built up. You say, what are you talking about? The prophet God said, if the devil goes out, he said, something has got to come in and fill that up. He said, or the devil will come back with seven more devils and you'll be worse off than the first time. He said, so when the devil goes out, amen, the Holy Ghost has got to come in. Listen, it's got to go beyond your flesh. It's got to go beyond your spirit. It's got to go into the depths of your soul and seal that soul, not until the next camp meeting, amen, not until the next church service, but until the day of redemption. What does the word build up? The word build up means to establish, amen, to rebuild, amen, to cause, to continue. So what God done for you this weekend or what God's doing in your life even right now, God does not desire, amen, for you to allow that devil to tear it down. The message of the hour came, amen, to restore or to build us back to the original faith, right? Now the Bible says, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet. He shall turn the heart. Somebody say the heart. He shall turn the heart of the fathers to the children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. In Jude 1.3, the Bible says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and to exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Now, do you realize we're living in a time of prophecy? We're living in a time where the Bible speaks about two different categories of people. The Bible says in Timothy that in the last days evil spirits will come in they'll be seducers and they will seduce they will wax worse and worse they will be deceived and they'll be deceiving they'll be deceiving spirits he said there'll be some that are departing from the faith you know what that word depart means it means to draw back from it means to pull back it means to leave something that one should be embracing it means to pull back and to excite a revolt so notice this when somebody departs from the faith, which the faith is the word, which is the message of the hour, what do they do? They start a revolt, and they say, you need to get out of there as well. See, if they get that excited, amen, about the faith for serving God, than they did about leaving God, imagine where they would be. But they excite a revolt, and they say, come on, you got to get out of that message. It's nothing but bondage. But do you realize there's a prophecy speaking to them that some are going to depart from the faith? But there's another prophecy, amen, speaking that some are going to contend for the faith. Amen. Some are going to depart from the faith. Amen. But some are going to contend for the faith. And I don't know what you know, but I'll tell you what I know. I'm not a departer. I'm a contender. 
I'm not a departer. I am a contender. Some are called to depart. Some are called to go. You know what? Some are called, amen, to have YouTube ministries and put the message on trial and put Brother Branham on trial and give their sorry old sob story of why they left the message and how much bondage is in the message. And you know what I've come to the conclusion of? We can argue with them all day long. We can, we can tie it, Brother Joe, until our fingers get carpal tunnel. We can argue with them until our fingers fall off. And you know what, brother? We ain't going to change them. But can I tell you something else? They ain't going to change us either. I'm not wasting my time. If they want to depart, let them depart. I say, God, have mercy. But there's some here. Hey, come on, church. There's some here that's ordained to contend. There's some here that's ordained to finish. There's some here that's ordained to cross the finish line. There's some here that's ordained to walk the streets of gold. There's some here that's ordained to look at walls of jasper. There's some here that's ordained to walk through the gates that are already hung and are already hinged. There is a bride on the earth that is not dying. She is abounding. In the last days, see what happens? The devil don't realize he thinks we're getting weaker. But in reality, Brother Aaron, we're getting stronger. See, I want to tell the devil I'm stronger now than I've ever been before. He didn't like that, but I really don't care. We're stronger now than we've ever been before. You see why? Because we're not at the bottom. We have come to the top. One of them was Martin Luther. He began to shine a light. Then here come Wesley, come stronger. He began to shine the baptism of the Holy Ghost, strong, or stronger there. He said, rather, here come Pentecostal, begin to shine the baptism of the Holy Ghost. But in the last days, in the last days of Malachi 4, Elijah is to come with the very word. What? Turn the hearts of the children back to the faith of God. He says that fourth light. See, then the bride is a faith woman that is called out by his name. Let me just say this. Amen. Tonight, I want to say it like this. We have seen the sign and we have heard the voice. We are not here looking for a message. We have found the message. We are not here trying to find what God promised to do in this day. God has sent a light and that light is lined right up with the word and revealed to you the promises of the day you're living in, then it's time to lay aside every creed. It's time to lay aside every dogma. It's time to lay aside every tradition and walk in the word of your age. I'll just say it like this, as the bride of Jesus Christ, as a church. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preach here for a minute. We'll go home, okay? Amen. As the bride of Jesus Christ, we find that the devil wants to destroy our homes. He wants to destroy our families. He wants to destroy our lives. He'll do everything he can to destroy individuals. And when he can't destroy your home, when he can't destroy your life, when he can't destroy your family, when he can't destroy the pastor, when he can't destroy the ministry, the devil comes to try and destroy the church. Now, any church that's been established for any amount of time has been through all seasons that a church goes through. You've been through shouting times and you've been through pouting times. Now, don't start pouting on me now, okay? You've been through running times and you've been through walking times. You've been through, you've been through, you've been through fiery times and you've been through cold times. We are still human. We go through all seasons that that, that, is a, that is a nature goes through, a church goes through those same seasons. And as a church, you begin to accumulate things. 
It's a church. You begin to accumulate things. Now, what does the word accumulate mean? It means to gather together or acquire an increasing number or quantity, gradually gather, amen, or require a resulting whole. Amen. It means to build up. Now, there's a story of a man who was growing really weary one time in serving God. And that man got so low that he got down on his knees. And he said, Lord, I'm going to stop serving you. He said, but before I go, I want to take just a few moments and I want to thank you for all the things you've done for me. And he got down on his knees and began to thank you for healing him. He began to thank him for paying his bills when he didn't have the money. He began to thank God of all different things that happened throughout his life that come to this spot. And by the time the man got done praying, he said, well, Lord, you've done too much for me now to quit. I guess I'll just go on serving you. Now, do you realize? Do you realize what happened? That man got down before God and he began to accumulate not all the bad things, but all the good things. He began to accumulate all the things that God had done for him and notice where he accumulated those things. He didn't accumulate them in his head. He accumulated them in his heart. And they ask you a personal question tonight. What are you accumulating? The Bible says, lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through or steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. That word treasure actually means a place in which good and valuable and precious things are collected and laid up. It means a storehouse amen, or a repository. It means a, a place where good things are put. And that tells me tonight, brother, that our heart actually is a storehouse. Look what David said. He said, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder for my commandments. And thy word I have hid, that treasure hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Paul says, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure where in earthen vessels in our heart that the excellency of the power may not be of us, but it might be of God. Why? Because what man does has failed it will fail it will always fail and it is failing but what God does will remain see now I want to read you something here in spiritual food in due season I want you to get built up now in the holy oracles of God in the faith the faith of this hour the faith it's going to take more faith than ever was in any age for this has to be a rapturing faith be taken up and so we want you to believe tonight and so we want you to believe tonight in all that you have seen, all that you have heard, the word that you've heard preached, the signs and wonders you've seen done. Amen. Can I, are you awake? Yeah. Am I going too long? Are you hearing me? We want you to believe tonight in all you have seen. We want you to believe in all that you've heard. We want you to believe the word that you've been preached. We want you to believe the signs and the wonders that you've seen done. We want you to accumulate all of that together in your heart and consider whether if it be God or not. Oh, help me, Jesus. It's like Elisha of old said, if God be God, then serve him. And if Jesus be the center of all things to the Christian,
Christian, then I think we ought to let loose of everything else and cleave to him. Amen. Remember, he is the center. He is the North Star. He is the ultimate. He is the absolute. If the North Star, if he's the North Star, there's only one thing that will point to the North Star. That's your compass that you're sailing with. See, notice this. I am telling you to sail with this word, for the word always points to him. Then what is thinking? Amen, Brother Aaron, thinking is accumulating. When you begin to think, you begin to accumulate. When a man begins to think, he begins to accumulate. That's what the Bible here says. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Look at what this word thinketh means. It means to reason out. It means to calculate. It means to reckon. It means to estimate. The prophet said the hours come when God set forth his light. There's an hour that when God's doing things. Amen, nudge your neighbor and say, this is the hour when God is doing things. Brother Aaron, this is the hour when God is doing things. Brother Tim, this is the hour when God is healing brain bleeds. This is the hour when God is healing cancer. Brother Ron, this is the hour when God is taking tumors out of people's bodies. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me, church? This is the hour. Listen, we've lived through denominational ages where man has done all kinds of things and it's all dried up and it's all washed away. But there is a God of gods and the King of kings and the Lord of lords is on the scene tonight, church, and he is doing some wonderful things. He's healing the sick. He's saving the lost. He's restoring marriages. He's tearing down strongholds. He's bringing families back together. He's revealing himself to the hearts and lives of his people. Are you hearing me? Man's done a lot, but now it's time to stand back and watch God. Come on to sin. Listen, church, God is taking tumors out of Sister Elena's body. God, amen, is putting hair back up on the head. Are you hearing me? You know why people ain't got no strength to praise God? Because they've been accumulating the negative things. They've been accumulating all the negativity and all the false doctrines and all who's doing what, who's saying. Amen, that's all they think about. Amen, you want to know what? Something. Can I take some liberty here? There's a guy told me one time, he said, I'm so sick and tired of hearing preachers going around talking about all God's doing in their churches and all God's doing in their ministries and all God's doing for their people. I said, well, brother, quit talking so negative and might do something for you. When all you do is feed on negativity, it brings a negative atmosphere. It brings a negative feeling. It brings a negative service. It brings a negative sermon. But when you begin to accumulate everything in your heart that you've seen God do, even in that tabernacle, won't you take a few minutes right now and begin to accumulate all the miracles you've seen God do. You've seen him raise the dead. You've seen him stop brain beats. You've seen him heal cancer. You've seen him raise up a building out of nothing. You've seen him take pornography devils and lay them at your feet. And when you begin to accumulate all that God has done, it begins to turn something on the inside of you. And you can't contain your praise. Don't mind me dancing. Don't mind me shouting. If you've been through what I've been through, you be dancing too. Don't mind me running in the dance. You don't know all that God has done for me. Sit there if you want to. Sit there and pout if you want to. Amen. But there's some people here that's been up against some walls, but they've seen the walls. 
There's some people here that's faced devils, but they've seen them devils come down. There's some people here that's had to stand toe to toe for their life against the devil. But here we are tonight. We're still standing because God is doing some wonderful things in this generation. some victory here tonight. Everything man's done is failed, but what God has done will never fail. Uh, listen, the devil chose a man's head, but God chose a man's heart. Are you hearing me? The Bible says there's two types of accumulation. There's negative, and then there's positive. My Bible says, brethren, whatsoever things are true, Whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, are pure, are lovely, are of a good report. If there be any virtue and if there be any praise, amen, think or accumulate these things. If there be any victory in the church, then forget about who didn't shake your hand. If there be any, oh, I hit something there, didn't I? If there be any liberty in the church, then forget the pastor that can pat you on the shoulder. Can I preach a minute? He said, Brandon, what are you talking about? He said, when God begins to deal with someone's heart, he's preparing them for something. See, think on these things. Don't think negative. You think positive. Think Jesus. You sit in church and think about everything else but God. You sit in church and accumulate every fault, every failure, every negative thing. You accumulate all that. He said, how are you going to do your washing? What are you going to do at the office tomorrow? How are you going to do this, that, or the other? Keep your mind off of that. Keep your mind off of that and think on God. If there be any praise, if there be any virtue, then think on these things. Don't think on the negative thoughts. Don't let it go through your mind. Make every word positive and every thought positive. See it? Listen, the preacher, which is the bringer of the word, his gift is to get himself out of the way. But the believer, which is the hearer of the word, must get yourself out of the way to receive the word that's being brought by the bringer. Now, you may not like this quote, but that's quite all right. The only thing you have to do is know he, got, he is here is get yourself out of the way. When you think your thoughts, then God's thoughts don't have a chance. When you think your thoughts, then God's thoughts don't have a chance. But if you'll quit thinking your thoughts and think his thoughts, like this little lady laying here shaking this cot, that woman is going to lay there all of her life unless she, she, she can get her faith right straight on Jesus Christ. And no matter what comes or goes, it be revealed to her, then nothing is going to stop her healing. Are you hearing me? Amen. If you can get your thoughts off of everything else and on the word of God and a revelation of the hell drop in your heart that this is your night. This is your season. I've been laying here long enough. It's time to get up, Brother Tim, and it's time to walk. It's time to go somewhere. It's time to stop thinking them old negative. Come on, church. You say, Brother Andrew, you're just preaching the prosperity gospel. I'm preaching from the message of the hour. If ever heart and ever mind and ever spirit would come in accordance with God's word, even in light tabernacle, you think you've seen miracles. You ain't seen nothing yet.
You think you've seen God move. You lay aside every negative thought. You forget every injustice. You forget everything that ever happened. You forget every thought the devil's trying to get you to think and just start considering. Was it God or not to give Lemuel the Holy Ghost? Was it God or not that put hair back on Mariah's head? Was it God or not that raised Sister Karen out of that brain bleed? Was it God or not that he will lay the butt spot? Are you hearing me? Was it God that healed her body? I say yes. And I say if he's God and he did it then, he can do it again. By thinking on the negative, you're given access for the negative to come into you. And by giving access to the negative, you become a negative person. And a, uh, a negative preacher produces a negative pulpit. And a negative pulpit produces negative pews. Is this okay? And a negative pew produces a negative church in the community. And before long, that negative church dies up and dries up. But a positive word. Are you hearing me? The prophet said, I don't like anything negative. I don't like the negative side. I like to be on the positive side. You know what sometimes you got to do? Brother, you just got to come in church and you got to forget everything and just worship God. Homer Ron Gloria told me one time, he said, he said, sometimes you're going to have to go in church and preach. He said, I've had to do it myself. He said, you just have to close your eyes and just preach whatever God put on your heart. He said, because people will frown at you. They'll stare you down. They'll try to cut you off. He said, but if you just close your eyes, just preach right on through. i tell you what, that's good advice for some church members. Well, but then so-and-so's looking at me, and so-and-so might see me shout, and so-and-so might see me rejoice. I say close your eyes and remember if he's the ultimate, if he's the North Star, if he is the compass that we're setting by, if he's the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob, and he's the God of Eden and not tabernacle, and there is no limits. There is no limits. There's no limits on my God. My God can go in the fiery furnace. My God can walk on water. My God can turn water into wine. My God can stop people possession. Come on, church. You want a revival? Take the limits off of God. Brother Tim, it's just a Wednesday night. That's a limit you put on God. I don't care if it's Wednesday. I don't care if it's Monday. I don't care if it's Sunday. When you begin to accumulate and you begin to remember that God is still God. He'll come down in the fourth man. He'll come down in the fourth man and he'll push back that doubt and he'll push back that fear.
He'll still show up and show out every time, every place. You know why you're so weak in faith is you've been complaining too long. Thank you, I believe I will. I think one of the horriblest things you see a man or woman doing is constantly complaining. I've always thought God keep me from it. See, that weakens faith all the time. That's right, that's right. Well, glory. Now let me show you this. The seven angels shows the connection between obedience and your confession. He shows you your body's going to obey your confession. If it's a negative confession, it'll be a negative obedience. But if it's a positive confession, it'll be a positive obedience. Can I give the devil a black eye? Is that okay? Let the weak cow. Let, let him that's weak. Let him that's weak. Let him that's weak tonight say, I am strong. Let him that's weak. Come on, are you weak tonight? Go ahead and say it. I am strong. Say it in the balcony. I am strong. Say it in the sound booth. I am strong. Say it on the pulpit. I am strong. Ain't no devil gonna know we're weak because we're not weak. God is here tonight. God is fighting for us. His word is true. say I am strong just say in your heart I am strong I have now accepted Jesus as my healer and never have any negative testimony anymore God is my healer I am saved I am delivered I am healed I am free I am victorious I am going to rapture
and I call the deacons gossip in the church? No, I don't know what message you're reading. He said, when I get to feeling blue, I read Romans chapter 4. Notice Abraham had to love God to believe him. And the more you love him, the more faith will you accumulate. Are you hearing me tonight? We are not the recipients of Abraham's hope. We are the recipients of Abraham's faith. And Abraham's faith, his works expressed his faith. Do you realize what Abraham did? Abraham began to accumulate things. Are you hearing me? You know what he did? He went to Toys R Us. They're going back in business, by the way. And he bought him, he bought him a crib. He bought him some toys. Are you hearing me? He bought Sarah a diaper bag. He bought her, he bought her a stroller. He began to accumulate. He didn't go home and hang the negative doctor's report on the wall and look at it every day and say, Sarah's body's dead. Her milk veins are dried up. There's no life in me. No, he began to feed on things that was feeding. That was feeding a faith seed on the inside of his heart. Are you hearing me tonight? I believe there's some people right now that needs to go and tear down every negative image. You need to tear down every negative doctor's report. What do you say? Hey man, I got in this at the youth camp, but I'm gonna get in there right here for a minute, okay? We've heard about Abraham, right? We've heard about Sarah. We've heard about Jairus' daughter. I mean, we've heard about all kinds of people in the Bible. That God come on the scene and perform the miracle. But can I can I use a modern day example today? Come on, come on. Are you with me? You know who I'm gonna talk about? I'm gonna talk about a man named Ron Spencer. You say, why are you gonna talk about him to build a man up? Oh, kick that devil out of here. I hate that devil. Every time you go to talk about what God's done this day, that old devil rears his head up and says, well, all he's doing is building up a man. Go fly a kite somewhere. I'm not building up a man. I'm building up the God that's in the man. Are y'all hearing me tonight? Do you realize the doctor said Brother Ron should be dead tonight? But you know what? He's alive. He's alive. You know why? Because he didn't go accumulate all the doctor's reports and begin to call everybody and get a bunch of pity. He began to stand and say, if he did it before, he'll do it again. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me tonight? Let me tell you something. If God can bring Abraham and Sarah a promised child, if he can give Hannah a son, if he can bring a, if he can bring a child out of a virgin womb by the name of Mary, then I believe with all of my heart, he can bring Ron Spencer through a stroke, he can bring him to the fire, he can bring him through heart trouble, and he can bring him through cancer, and he'll come out on the other side and say, accumulate this church. God is still God. And his word still the truth. But you know why that there's faith in this church tonight? It's because of men of God like Brother Tim and these men and preachers like Brother Ron and all these men of God that'll come behind the pulpit and say quit accumulating all the negativity and start remembering the promise. Oh, Satan, get out of here. Satan, get out of here. We ain't got a spirit of offense tonight. We've got the spirit of faith. Are you hearing me? We're not accumulating a bunch of offenses tonight. We're accumulating some faith here. You know what? Amen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna close right here. Hebrews 11, amen, is not the heroes of offense. Hebrews 11 is the heroes of faith. So why some people have been accumulating offenses and they can't even raise their hands no more. 
used to shout and run the aisles, but they got so many offenses. Well, so-and-so looked at me wrong, and so-and-so did. Accumulate all the offenses and sit there like a wallflower if you want. But there's some of us, we're going to accumulate some faith. You realize there was a man named Congressman Upshaw who in the 1900s, medicine was nowhere near where it is today. And William Upshaw was an 18-year-old boy who fell and broke his spine. Being invalid at the turn of the century was worse than anyone could imagine. And an 18-year-old boy was told, come to terms, you'll never walk again. Just come to terms with it. You'll never get the victory over it. Just come to terms with it. It'll always be this way. But the next seven years, he would lay in bed. And eventually, he would learn to walk again with crutches. And you know what he would call them? His little buddies. But you know what I love, Brother Philip? You know what I love? He faced challenges, but he had built inner strength. Oh, it went over your head. He faced challenges, but he built inner strength. William Upshaw became famous for three sayings. Let nothing discourage you. Let nothing discourage you. And the second one was never give up. And you know what I love? I love the third one. William Upshaw would say, God will heal me. It just isn't time yet. Brother Tim, I'm about to put another door in this church. God will heal me. It just isn't time yet. And for 66 years, he sat in a wheelchair and accumulated all the faith and accumulated all the power. And one night in 1951, a prophet said, I see you. I see you fall off of of the hay bale. He said, oh, but tonight's your night. And a man who had been in a wheelchair for 66 years jumped up and ran up on the platform and touched his toes. You know why? Because he had accumulated. Amen. Some faith in his heart. He hadn't accumulated all the hurts. He hadn't accumulated all the offenses. He had accumulated faith. What are you saying, preacher? I'm saying right here tonight, I'm going to give you some accumulation. Are you ready? The bride's revival right now is in action. Can I have five minutes? The bride's revival, 10, okay. Let's take that up to Timothy. Amen. The bride's revival right now is sure causing quite a stir across the land. The air is charged, and the coming of the Lord Jesus had charged that air. It looked like the teachers ought to know what was going to take place. But you realize we got preachers and teachers right now that deny what's happening in this building. You know why? Because they can't be a part of it. But I'll tell you why we're shouting. It's because it isn't changed today. But the Holy Spirit is forerunning the coming of the Lord Jesus. And as the Holy Spirit begins to stretch out across the earth, revival fires are breaking out everywhere. Great signs and wonders has been done. Healing has taken place. Prophecies that went forth. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? Can I read it? All the gathering of the apostolic blessings has come back to the church again. Get out of my way, I feel like dancing. Are you hearing me tonight? While the world is accumulating offenses, while the world is accumulating sin, there is a church that is accumulating what was in the book of Acts, what was in the upper room, is in this church tonight. Brother Aaron, when you took off dancing a minute ago, do you know what that was? That was the same Holy Ghost that filled the upper room, that found Peter, that filled in this building tonight. 
what are you saying? I'm saying God is God and he's doing some things today. Now, you know what I can do? I can take the next five minutes and I can read to you about Bible days. I can read to you about the days of Brother Branham, but can I read to you about March 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th? And I want you to accumulate all these things in your heart. And I want you to consider, was it God or not? Brother Andrew, are you talking about everybody that gets the camp? No, I've got some testimonies from people standing in this building tonight. I had dealt with anxiety off and on for a long time about my hair all falling out again. And the devil was telling me, you're just going to go bald and nobody's going to like you. But on Thursday night, Uncle Timothy preached on scarecrows. I went up for prayer and I thank God, but I didn't feel a real breakthrough. On Friday night, I went through the prayer line, but I still didn't get my breakthrough. On Saturday night, I almost didn't go up and get prayed for because I worried what people would think for a while. The devil has been holding over me my past wrongs, saying you can't get delivered because you did this. So on Saturday night I went and got prayed for, and I was like, devil, you just shut your mouth. Go ahead, tell him that tonight, devil, just shut your mouth. Just shut up, devil. We ain't listening to you. We ain't repeating what you say. Just shut your mouth. I knelt at the altar and I just started thanking the Lord for my deliverances. And the song leader started singing, my chains are gone. I've been set free. I immediately felt the tormenting spirits leave and the Holy Ghost flood my soul. And I just collapsed. I was still conscious and I wanted to get up and dance, but I was so drunk I couldn't move. I laid in his presence for hours until they took me back to the dorms and I'm still thanking God. I feel all clean and on fire. I... my moments, but I thank the Lord that I didn't. I almost missed it, but I thank the Lord that, that person's in this building tonight. My experience, here's another one. My experience with the Holy, what are you doing? I'm accumulating some things. My experience with the Holy Ghost at camp was amazing. When I found out we were going, I immediately started having expectations. I was praying to receive the Holy Ghost. What I expected was not even close to what I experienced to receive. He'll meet your exceed limitations. On Saturday night, I became an underage drinker. Drinking off that new wine, the Holy Ghost. All the services was amazing, but that night was my turn. Before service, my friend told me I was going to get drunk. And I got excited because that's what I'd been praying for. And Uncle Timothy began preaching on the wine. He said, there's enough for everyone. That's when I said to myself, he's preaching to me. I then began to create an atmosphere that God could come into me. And when the song service started, we started waving our white flags. That's when he took control of me. I started laughing uncontrollably. Every time I tried standing, I started staggering. That's when I knew I was drunk off the Holy Spirit. It was the best feeling ever. 
I thank God. This can't, I never could forget. I thank God for letting me experience something like that. Can I give you another one? As of Friday night in Oklahoma, God delivered me of my old ways, the music I listen to, the way I talk and act. If God can do it for me, I have no doubt he can do it for someone else. Go ahead, Brother Joseph. Are you hearing me? Oh, what are you doing? I'm waving some white victory in here. I'm waving some white flags of victory. I was going to camp for a refill of the Holy Ghost and a special touch from the Lord. When I say a special touch, I mean I really wanted a touch from him to get rid of something that I had. And the weird thing is I didn't really know what it was that I had. I just knew there was something hindering me in my walk with the Lord. I didn't really know what it was, though. I just knew something wasn't right, and I needed to get rid of it. So I went to the prayer line Friday night, and I got my refilling. I went through it. It felt like something was lifted off my shoulders. I jumped and screamed and didn't care. I was just so happy that whatever it was lifted off of me, I felt so free just to let go and rejoice in my freedom. I went back to my seat feeling amazing. I didn't realize the next day I was delivered from a complex. Thursday and all day Friday, it was really windy, so my hair was all over the place. I kept thinking about how terrible I probably looked, and I was embarrassed, like really embarrassed. Saturday wasn't too different concerning the wind, but I didn't care. It felt so good not to worry about what other people thought about me. What did they think of me? It wouldn't really change who I was or how I acted, but the thought was always there and made me doubt myself, and it really hindered me from a lot of things. It hindered me from singing in church. My family told me when I got home how they were really proud of me for letting go when I sing Sunday morning. To be honest, it felt good to me too. I love to sing, but I've always doubted how I sounded. It didn't matter what people told me. I've always doubted myself, but it felt so good to let go and praise him with the gift he gave me. This ain't 50 years ago. This is somebody in this building tonight. Oh, glory. And about the refilling, I know without a doubt that I had a refilling because the devil's already trying to make me doubt it. He's just so stupid. He's done this before, and he thinks I'm going to fall for it again, but ain't he dumb? Testimony from camp. It's just you, Lord. It's short, but for me, it's a big thing. The devil had been making me question in my mind if I had the Holy Ghost. And when I went for prayer Saturday night, Brother Joe spoke to me, and there was clarity. And now I know that I know that I am filled. Now it's time to turn up my praise and drown out all the doubt. It's time to turn up my praise and drown out all the doubt. Even my it's time to turn up my praise. It's time to turn up your praise. You can't be ashamed of it. It's time to turn up your dance. It's time to turn up your praise. It's time to turn up your shout. This is the hour when the word of God is doing things in the church. I came to camp with extreme nervousness and depression. During the morning service, God delivered me of both. During the night service, God refilled me with the Holy Ghost. I came to camp. I came to camp with tormentors, but I'm leaving completely free. That's only a part of what God did for me. He met me, answered questions I'd only talked to him about, falling in love with 
Jesus causes everything else to fall into place, I will never be the same. Brother Joe, can I preach a minute? You remember Saturday night when the Holy Ghost moved on you to go tell Brother Wendell to call the Spirit out? Remember he said, Brother Joe, come up. I'm, I'm trying to quit. Call the Spirit out. So he said, Brother, Brother Wendell, tell them. If they're battling pornography, if they're battling, battling lust, said there's a, there's a spirit I keep hearing over and over in this prayer line. Brother Joe, I guarantee the devil battles your mind for going and doing that. But can I give the devil a black eye for battling your mind? Before camp, I had a problem with lust and pornography. But Saturday night, before I got in the prayer line for 20 minutes, the devil kept on coming to tell me not to go in the prayer line because I would be embarrassed with what I'd done. After a while, I didn't care how embarrassed I would be. I got in the prayer line. Brother Joe prayed for me, and the Holy Ghost fell on me and delivered me in that spirit. I went back to my seat. I didn't feel so saved I, to come to you and to you pray for me. And while you were praying, God came down and filled me with the Holy Spirit. Boo, devil. If he's the God of the Bible, if he's the God of the message, if he's the God of Abraham and the God of Elijah, he's the God of the Tabernacle, he's the God of Aaron Ormsley, he's the God of Daniel Prince, he's the God of Joshua Butts, he's the God of Tim Prince, he's the God of Andrew Glover, he's the God of Jessica. Are you hearing me tonight? He's the God of character. My God ain't dead. My God is alive. Somebody wave some victory. We're free. We're free. This is the iron liberty. We're free. Come on, musicians. If they're watching, Brother Tim, they're going to call us Pentecostal. And you know what? I really don't care. Because I ain't going to change them. You ain't going to change them. But guess what? They ain't going to change us. We are who we are. And we're not ashamed of it. We're free. We got victory. When the Lord shall build up Zion, he shall appear in his glory. What's happening? This bride's revival spreading all across the land. Some of y'all yes. right now is wondering, what's wrong with them guys? What's wrong with them waving them white flags of victory? What's wrong with that? Can I tell you what? Can I tell you what it is? I heard the problem of God say one day. He said, "I see the devils in hell right now." He said, "They're waving black flags of defeat." He said, "But I also see the angels of God." He said, "I see somebody getting saved. I see somebody getting healed, and I see the angels begin to wave a white flag of victory." And you know what I said? I said, "If the angels can wave a flag about my victory that they're not even experiencing, don't you think I got a right to wave a flag about my?"
Testimony. Yes, Lord. 